Welcome to Waste Away, the intermittent fasting podcast. If you want to learn how to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting, burn fat, heal your thyroid and autoimmune issues, and break the bondage of food, then this podcast is for you. I'm Chantel Ray, author of Waste Away, the Chantel Ray Way, and each week I have different guests answering your questions. If you haven't had a chance to pick up your copy of Waste Away, visit ChantelRayWay.com slash podcast and you'll automatically get 20% off the book, audiobook, recipe book, coaching, and Inner Circle Facebook group. Remember, the thoughts and opinions in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Hey guys, Aaron here. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind you that you can find our full podcast episodes on our YouTube channel. Not only do you get to see Chantel and our guests, but you also get to see any charts, graphs, or pictures that we may mention. Search Chantel Ray Way on YouTube or click the link in the show notes. And if you would like daily accountability as well as a resource with lots of helpful tips about Chantel's intermittent fasting lifestyle, head on over to ChantelRayWay.com slash coaching. As always, enjoy the show. Hey gang, I'm so excited today. We are here with Dr. Anne Louise Gittleman, and she is an award-winning nutritionist and a New York Times best-selling author of over 30 books on health, nutrition, diet, detox. I am so excited, and she is recognized... Uh, Self Magazine recognized her as one of the top 10 notable nutritionists in the United States. She's known as the first lady of nutrition, and it's an absolute honor to have you on the show. Welcome, Dr. Ann Louise. And thank you, Chantel. It's a pleasure to waste away with you. <laughs> You're so cute. Okay. So tell me, how did you become interested in nutrition and get started, you know, before all these trendy diets that, you know, even existed? Uh, This is true. When I became interested, there was virtually nothing out about nutrition. There were voices in the wilderness speaking about nutrition. This was back in the 70s. And I would say that it was really my skin, Chantel. It wasn't totally my weight that was the issue with me back then. But everything I ate somehow manifested on my skin. If I looked at chocolate, my skin would break out. If I looked at sugar, there'd be a rash. Uh So I started understanding that what I put inside my body affected how I looked on the outside. And of course, in those days, and I was certainly younger with hormones that were starting to be out of whack and so forth, I felt it was important to look at the foods that were really skin healthy. And in so doing, I also learned that those were the healthiest foods for the entire body, the body, mind, and spirit, as well as your weight. So the skin was the gateway to my career. Wow, that's awesome. And now we have a lot of listeners like myself that have struggled with autoimmune and thyroid issues. And so tell us about your new book, Radical Metabolism. Well, I was concerned, Chantel, with people that have issues with their thyroid, whether it's hypo, hyper, or people with autoimmune issues related to their Hashimoto's or even Graves. And that seems to be coming out of the woodwork. Years ago, we didn't see so many autoimmune issues, and it bothered me. I said to myself, where the heck is this coming from? And I've been in the business 30 years, so I have a 
uh, experience working with people. I then did some research and stumbled on some interesting studies, one from Harvard and one from uh, Finland, believe it or not. And what I discovered was that there was an alliance between the gallbladder and the thyroid. And if mm -hmm. the gallbladder was not working properly or your bile flow was suboptimal, it affected your transference of T4 to T3 which mm. is so important to have an activated metabolism. So I write about that in my book and then provide information on how to get a really healthy gallbladder, healthy bile flow, and healthy mm. weight loss. And it's all connected. The, the autoimmune wow. connection comes into play because if you've got a problem with your detoxification and not enough bile, then you're not detoxifying all the poisons that can accumulate into toxic overload that can impact immunity. So it's all connected, your digestion and yes. your immunity. Now, let me ask you, it's funny because I just finished lunch and um, I was thinking, I didn't take any digestive enzymes. What's your opinion on taking things like you know, HCL pepsin or, you know, organic digestible chewable enzymes. What's your opinion on that? I think they're absolutely vital. And I'm so glad that you showed those because if you don't have enough HCL, which is very suppressed in this day and age because of stress, when you're under stress, your body does not secrete the enzymes it needs to digest its food. And so that means that you're not triggering digestion of the stomach acids, which is your HCL, which then goes into the gallbladder because when you have a sufficient HCL, it triggers the release of bile from the gallbladder. So no HCL means suboptimal bile. Without bile, you get very light stools, you get constipated, your skin will break out. You also have problems with the thyroid because of that gallbladder bile connection, as well as the thyroid. You also have problems with hearing, you have problems with fatigue, and you have problems waking up in the middle of the night. So it is so all interrelated that it's totally fascinating. I wrote Radical Metabolism because it's so all connected, and I finally connected the dots in an area where so few people are looking under the hood. Oh my gosh. I mean, it is no wonder why you are called the First Lady of Nutrition, because just in the few minutes that you're talking, I'm like, literally like, I wanted to stop you and be like, amen, amen, preach it, preach it. You know what I mean? Because what you're saying is so, so true and so, so good. I love that. All right. Well, let's dive right into our listener questions today. This is a question from Molly in New York. She said, I have heard so much fuss about fats lately. When I was growing up, my parents always bought low fat versions of everything. I always tried to avoid fats, but now I'm hearing that fats are healthy for you and it's just so hard for me to understand. What makes fat healthy and what are some of the best sources of fat I should be eating? Well, I discover all of the good fats and discuss them in Radical Metabolism. So this book would be a really good resource for Molly. But beyond that, Chantel, so let's talk about the no-to-low-fat diet revolution. People got fatter on no-fat because they started eating <laughs> yeah, different carbohydrates. I know firsthand, I was on the forefront of the no-to-low-fat high-complex carbohydrate revolution. I was the director of nutrition at the Pritik and Longevity Center in 1980 to 1982. So... After that, I discovered that certain fats actually made us thin because fats are a very important aspect of our diets. And if you don't have enough fat, you're not, you're not nourishing your brain. You're not nourishing your cell membranes. You're not nourishing your cellular structures, nor are you feeding your mitochondria, which are the energy engines in your body. 
So fats are where it's at. You need them for hormones. You need them for the health of your skin, hair, and nails. And it's also a trigger to burn brown fat for extra energy and calories, as well as heat, which will make you thin. So skinny fats are where it's at. Those skinny fats include omega-6s and omega-3s. Hemp seed oil, pine nut oil, hemp seeds. Um, we can look at sesame oil. We look at ghee, some of the dairy that is, of course, pasture-raised. And when it comes to omega-3s, it's the chia and the flax that are so important for the health of your mitochondria as well. So O3s and 6s are unsaturated fats. We need saturated fats in the form of your butter your cream, a little coconut oil, maybe MCT oil. They're not bad. They're just not as important as the essential fats that I talk about when you get a radical metabolism. That's awesome. Now, let me ask you, for you yourself, what would be like kind of your typical day? What do, what, what do you eat? Like kind of like on a regular basis, you'd always catch you eating what? What does your day look like for eating? Uh, so for eating, I'll get up in the morning and I eat the first hour that I'm awake because I have issues with blood sugar. I come from a type 2 diabetic family, which is one of the reasons I was also motivated to get into nutrition. I didn't want to be like my grandmother, whose namesake I'm named after, my grandmother Anna that I never knew who died of diabetic. And we think we think it was Lyme's disease. It was way, way back when, complications. So I've always been concerned. That means that there's a protein. I will take a drink. It's a power drink. I make the greens that I formulated called daily greens, the healthiest greens on the market, because there's no heavy metals or radioactive particles in this. So it's real pure. Greens in the morning, the Uniki daily greens. So it's a scoop of greens, high in chlorella, which binds heavy metals. And we want something on a daily basis to bind our toxins. I put a little bit of oil in that, which is a tablespoon of hemp or flax. Then I put eight ounces of hemp seed milk or macadamia nut milk. I do not use almond milk. I find that the hemp seed oil is high in, in the omega-6s, which we need for our skin, because remember, skin got me started. Uh, or I'll also use a little bit of flaxseed oil and a protein powder. The one that I use is the one that I formulated, which is called Uniki Whey Protein, made from A2 milk. So I'll take that for my 20 grams of protein. I've got my oil, got a little bit of carb in terms of the macadamia nut milk, and I sometimes put in something else. I may put in some cream of tartar for extra potassium and blood cleansing, or I'll put in something really strange, like a little bit of turmeric, you know, like an add-on for extra antioxidants. Awesome. All right. This is Jeanette in Knoxville. She says, I'm so excited for Dr. Gittleman to come on the podcast. We had put a post that you were coming up um, because I want to talk to someone about perimenopause. I'm only 40, but I've noticed that over the past year or so, my period has become very erratic. I've been pretty consistent with my period my whole life. Another thing I've noticed is a major decrease in my sex drive. 40 seems a little young to me to be going through the change already. None of my girlfriends seem to be experiencing the same thing. My gyno says that everything is normal. Is this too early to be transitioning into menopause? What are some foods I can eat and supplements I should take that sh should make things more smoothly? Wow. Well, it's not too early. And what is this gal's name, Jeanette? Jeanette. All right. Tell Jeanette that... Um, 
she, it's a little young, but it's not too early. In this day and age, a lot of women are experiencing perimenopause in their late to, to early 30s. So she's a little early, but not really because the environment has become so toxic. She needs more progesterone. One of the first hormones that goes south when you're in perimenopause is progesterone. We can get that in a topical cream. Let her Google progestiki. It's what I created for my clients. It's a topical cream that she puts on during certain days of the month. She needs more zinc, which is a precursor to progesterone, and more fats and adrenal support. The fats are either the flaxseed oil, the hemp seed oil that I write about in Radical Metabolism, as well as more adrenal support. So that's an adrenal formula or something called ashwagandha that will help modify and support the adrenals, which are the kind of backup system when the hormones start to go out of whack. Good. All right. This is Mary in Delaware. I'm 45 and I think that I'm in the early phases of menopause. I'm debating the pros and cons of hormone therapy. My doctor is really pushing it, but I've read some opposing views online. What is your opinion? I'm also curious, when can I safely stop taking birth control? Whoa. So this is a loaded question. This is from Marion. <laughs> do we know how old Marion is? He says 45. She's 45. Well, theoretically, perimenopause starts at around the age of 47 in this country, menopause at the age of 51. First of all, let me tell her to Mary and to Jeanette that there's another book I wrote called Before the Change. It will be very helpful, which will give a much fuller program than I can certainly give on a podcast. What I'm going to suggest is that she looks at that book and she will understand that using hormone therapy, which is synthetic, can be problematic because of the side effects that have been well established with too much of the unnatural progesterones and too much estrogen. On the other end of the scope, there's not a whole lot of research to suggest that bioidentical is terribly safe long term. We just don't know. What I would do is take foods that are high in certain hormone precursors, like an estrogen modulator, two to three tablespoons of uh, the flax seeds on a daily basis could be helpful. More progesterone foods or progesterone stimulating foods high in zinc, pumpkin seeds, eggs, very good in terms of the zinc, which is a precursor to progesterone. Last but not least, anybody that's suffering from issues with hormone, Chantel, should take a tissue mineral analysis because if they have too much copper in their systems, they'll have too much estrogen and not enough progesterone. So there's an awful lot that goes into it. Get before the change and it'll help you transition and navigate this particular... So with that test that you're talking about, um, is that something that someone could call you and work with you to take that test. What they could do is go to my site, go to annlouise.com, and this will show you the shopping cart. It's a self-help test we've offered for something like 25 years. It's a tissue mineral analysis. It will show the minerals that are the cofactors and the triggers for these hormones that are out of whack. Very oftentimes with women in our day and age, in our era, Women have too much copper because of copper water pipes, copper IUDs, mm -hmm. copper fillings, copper foods. If they're a vegetarian or vegan, those foods are rather high in copper. It can throw off the estrogen to progesterone balance and give you a premature menopause. We have to check that as well as their hormones 
uh, in a different type of test, but first it's got to be the estrogen progesterone that we can see with the zinc to copper ratio. That's what I would do first and foremost. And all that information, by the way, is in before the change. Got it. All right, Olivia in Newport News. After reading your book, I'm working really hard to cut back my sugar. I'm shocked as I learn about all the things that have hidden sugars. What are some tricks that I can use to spot out these hidden sugars and some keywords I should be looking for? I don't have time to do a deep dive on every single food I eat. So the, her major concern with our gal, her name is Olivia. Olivia wants to know any tips in terms of cutting out sugar or finding where sugar is going. Cutting out any tips you know about cutting sugar out of her diet. When you want to cut out sugar, go for some. I mean, some of us just have a natural sugar. I'm a sugar. I, I like, what would you rather have? Would you rather have sweets or would you rather have like chips? Oh, I'd rather have chips, but that's me. So what <laughs> I say, if and I'd rather have sugar. Yeah, and I'd rather have chips, but I've trained myself because remember, yeah. got me involved in this situation. Sugar right. is bad skin, so everything I look at still has that kind of cell memory in it. Yes. So what, I'm, what I'm going to say for this particular gal is that if you want something sweet, go for a pickle, go for something sour. A mm. bitter or sour taste will supplant the need for something sweet. So that's-, that's Oh, I love that. That's oh, so very, good. very, very helpful. So that's, that's so good. We'll keep it nice and simple. <laughs> hey guys, I'm so excited that my new book, Waste Away, The Chantel Rayway, is now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and pretty much anywhere you can find books. But we also have the audiobook, the ebook, and my new recipe book that you can download all the recipes that I love that I make, and it's super cheap. It's all my favorites. Anyway, if you have a minute to write a review on Amazon, I would be ever grateful. This next question is from Anonymous. They wouldn't give us their name, but you'll understand why when I read the question. I went to a doctor for a hemorrhoid, which is embarrassing, and he told me I wasn't getting enough fiber. I eat a good bit of kale, arugula, and broccoli, and I think my diet is pretty well-rounded. Should I be taking a fiber drink? What are some other foods I should be eating? Unfortunately, I get hemorrhoids at least once a year, and I really want to do what I should... I really want to know what I should do to prevent them. Anonymous. Well, I, I understand the anonymity for, for this question. Uh, a lot of times I think fiber is helpful, but clearly Anonymous is getting enough fiber. So I, I, I think I would. But I think sometimes, but I think sometimes people think they're getting enough fiber, but they're really not. I mean, I had a girl, girlfriend of mine. She, she said to me, she said, I'm so constipated, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, let's talk about what you've eaten in the last day. And she's like, I'm eating this, I'm eating this. But when you actually looked, I said, okay, let's calculate how much fiber you're getting. And they think they're getting a lot of fiber, but when you actually write it down, they're really not. Well, this person, let's tell Anonymous to actually look at the fiber grams, make sure she's getting at least 25. I don't feel that people can tolerate more than 25 in this day and age. People get bloated, they get gassy, more is not necessarily better. But what I would suggest is that when I see hemorrhoids, I don't think of fiber. What I think of is a lack of bile. And that's where the, the supplement Bile Builder, which has all the nutrients you need for better bile, comes in handy. And you use certain foods to kind of thin the bile and help the gallbladder and that would be and what are those foods 
What are bitter? So that would be your lemon and water in the morning. That would be grapefruit. That would be foods that are high in choline, foods that are high in methionine. Dandelion root tea. Let her go and get dandelion root tea two to three times a day. And even a cup of organic coffee will help her poop because a lot of this is real pressure in certain areas that are connected to the liver. And whenever I have a client that has hemorrhoids, I give them raw liver and it helps them go to the bathroom in no time. And it also helps to alleviate. When you say raw liver, you're, you mean like literally like go to the store, buy liver and eat no, it. No, it's a raw liver supplement. It's oh, okay. Liver. <laughs> I was like, let me clarify. Desiccated liver. I love the standard process desiccated liver, but I've been in the business a long time. So I've heard a lot of these issues. Desiccated liver is very important. This is a liver issue. The bile builder and desiccated liver are my go-tos for the supplement. More bitters in terms of lemon, in terms of arugula she's already eating, which is a wonderful bitter. And coffee. Coffee is very helpful for the liver and detoxification for thinning the bile. So, um, and I love standard process. I agree. They, they have the best vitamins uh, out there. The quality is so good. Um, so, but the first thing you said, was it bile builders? Is that what you said? It's called bile builder. It's a supplement that I created for my book, Radical Metabolism. And it's for people that don't have a gallbladder, number one, or have issues with hemorrhoids, have issues with aches and pains, have issues with hearing, have dizziness, have light colored stools, bloating after meals, who, or who can't lose weight, or who are constipated. So, and that, that particular one is, it is on your, your, uh, website, correct? Louise.com. And, and when they go there, is that one under the cleansing when they like, you know how you have like cleansing and the different ones? Is that I one? think it's on the front page. It's, you don't even have to go there. I think we've put it because we've had so many requests for our supplements because of radical metabolism. It should right be there on the front page. Go to the home page and Google it. You'll see it and just scroll down. Gotcha. Okay, perfect. So next question. This is from Terry in Long Beach. I recently had weird aches and pains in my arms and legs and something that I read online told me I needed to increase my salt intake. I drank some salt water and immediately felt better. It was so odd. I'm confused because I usually hear that I need to stay away from salt and sodium if I'm trying to lose weight. But as I started reading more online, I'm finding that a lot of diets, especially this keto diet, encourages salt. I feel really puffy when I eat a lot of salt and I can't imagine it's good for you. What's the verdict? The verdict is not all salts are created equal, and we're talking about a wholesome sea salt. We're talking about a Himalaya salt. Salt or sodium can be very relaxing to muscles and to tendons and to ligaments. So I'm a believer in the right kind of salt. I'd love this gal to do a blood test so we see what her serum sodium is. If she's got adrenal or stress issues, she's not taking in enough salt, and it can be life-saving for many people. So salt is healthy. It's As long as it's a sea salt, a whole salt and not a refined table salt that they sell in every grocery store. Go to a health food store and get a sea salt or a rock salt. 
Awesome. All right, Brenda in Lynchburg. It says, I have figured out by the process of elimination that my body doesn't respond well to dairy. I cut it out a couple months ago and I feel so much better. My skin is cleared up. I have more energy and I'm much more regular in the bathroom. I keep going back to the commercials that say, milk does a body good. Growing up, it was hammered in me that we need milk for calcium. What are some ways that I can be sure that I'm getting calcium without cutting, with cutting out milk? With cutting out milk is what she's saying, with cutting mm -hmm. out milk. So dairy, dairy calcium is a source of calcium, but we find we only need 500 milligrams per time to get the right amount of calcium in our diets, which you can get with a lot of greens, whether, they're, whether it's broccoli or some nuts like almonds are a high source of calcium. Um, high sources of calcium are also sea vegetables that you can get in every health food store. So I don't think that's an issue as long as your magnesium is high. And the same foods that are high in calcium are also high in magnesium. Your greens are where it's at when it comes to a vegetarian source of calcium. Perfect. Katie in Lexington, can you explain the difference in saturated fats and unsaturated fats? Am I supposed to be eating both of these and how many fats should I have per day? All right, so how many fats should Katie have per day? One to four per meal is is fine, it provided she can digest them and has a gallbladder, and that's where bile builder comes into play. Two per meal for people that don't have a gallbladder, one per meal for people that need a little help from their friends. So that's number one, saturated versus unsaturated. Saturated fats are solid at room temperature, unsaturated or liquid. You need both for health. Saturated fats are not connected to an elevated risk for heart disease, that has been disproven. Healthy sources of saturated fats, if you can tolerate them are dairy fats like cream and butter as well as coconut oil and MCT oil. Unsaturated fats are the essential fats from hemp, hemp seeds, nuts, uh, you've got some avocados, you've got some macadamia nuts, you've got your fish oil, your chia, and your flax. I love avocado. I'm like, I eat too much avocado to be honest just because of just avocado is so good for you but I can get a little out of control with it because I just love it so much yeah and avocado is very good in terms of your happy hormones I mean it makes people happy because I think that's why I eat it so much <laughs> and I can see it's obviously doing something for your mental well-being but it is not a source of the essential fats that I write about for real weight loss and radical metabolism it's still important to get the omega-6s in which is why I'm a big believer in hemp hemp hooray that's my newest mantra I love it. Hemp and parade. Yeah. All right. Tammy in Grand Rapids. As you suggested in the podcast, I'm waking up in the morning and I'm taking my blood sugar. This is a previous podcast. We were talking about taking your blood sugar. And she says, I'm taking yeah. my blood sugar and it ranges from 95 to 100 in the fasted state. I've read different things online that say this is considered pre-diabetic and others say it's normal. What are your thoughts and should I be concerned and what should I do to try to lower this naturally? Uh, Pre-diabetic is anything over 100. It's 100 to 114, to be quite honest with you. I wouldn't be overly concerned, but I'd be taking more minerals that really help to make the insulin more sensitive. So you want to avoid insulin resistance, which means that the nutrients would include more zinc in her diet. It's where the pumpkin seeds come in handy. That's where grass-fed meats come in handy, as well as omega-3-rich eggs. So zinc to the rescue here. here. 
Yeah. And I will tell you one thing that I tested out that is so true. Um, I, for, for a little while, I was like out of control with this. Um, you know, when I got my blood sugar monitor and it was like a joke, like we'd go out to lunch with like eight girls and I'd be like, okay, who wants me to test their blood sugar? We're going to test it before we eat. We're going to test it after we eat. Like we were, (laughs) you know, and one of the things when I drank a cup of coffee and put a spoonful of coconut oil in that coffee, Every single time it lowered my blood sugar by about 15 points. So that means if I started at 100, I would take that and it would go to 85. You with me? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's because there's no source of real sugar or carbohydrates in that particular drink. It's all fat. So you went into fat burning mode, which is why your blood sugar became lowered. So that's the reason that I've taken that kind of information and research and created a drink called the Breakfast Blaster, which we have in Radical Metabolism, which does the very same thing. So I might suggest for anybody that has a higher blood sugar in the morning to take a look at Radical Metabolism and try out the Citrus Blaster, which has the very best source of coffee in the country, a little bit of protein, as well as coconut milk to make a blaster first thing in the morning, which is very creamy, very satisfying, will not just lower blood sugar, but will help you lose weight in, in at least two weeks. People that have used that drink in the morning have lost at least 18 pounds in two weeks. That's awesome. All right, Andrea in St. Petersburg. I went to a kinesiologist and my friend that my friend recommended to me. And he said that I have a lot of toxic metals in my body. I don't really understand what this means. How did I get them? And what are some things I can do to get rid of them? And is there a way that I can test the metals in my body myself? The easiest way to test the metals in her body is probably to do that tissue mineral analysis, a hair analysis, and look for it at annlouise.com. That's number one. Number two, we all are bioaccumulators of toxic metals. You get aluminum from your deodorants. You get it from the tap water. You get it from aluminum foil, pots and pans. We have a lot of copper in the environment from copper pots as well as problems with IUDs. You get arsenic if you eat a lot of rice. If you've gone on a gluten-free diet, you're eating a hell of a lot of arsenic, which gives you a lot of rice products because it's exceptionally high in arsenic. Um, If you're drinking a lot of tea, you're getting a lot of fluoride. There's a lot of ways that chemicals and heavy metals bioaccumulate. We have a toxic environment. This is not our mother's or grandmother's world anymore. So that's not unusual. What I use to get rid of them on a daily basis because detox is a daily affair, not a seasonal event. Oh, I love that. I want you to say that again because I think you... Detox is a daily affair, not a seasonal event. And that's yeah. be- and so what I use is my daily greens because it has the chlorella, which gently chelates heavy metals. So, mm. and, and it's grown in a test tube. So it's not grown in t- con- contaminated water like so many products out there because I'm absolutely meticulous with the raw materials that we source. So you got to be careful because it's not just knowing you've got an issue, but what you do about it to really give you the solution could be more toxic than the initial situation you were trying to resolve. Yeah. Kim in St. Louis says, my husband refuses to use my hippie toothpaste, as he calls it, and I can't (laughs) get him to try a non-fluoride toothpaste. Do you think it's a big deal to use non-fluoride? 
fluoride toothpaste. I've gotten a little paranoid lately and I'm concerned about the fluoride levels in my water at my house as well. Should I be? I think she's on the right track. Get rid of the fluoride toothpaste. You know, I've had clients that have had problems with acne, adult acne. We get rid of the fluoride in their toothpaste, stop having them drink all that ridiculous tea and kombucha, and there's no more acne. Let's get a non-fluoride toothpaste. Now, Tom's has a very acceptable one. If she can go to the health food store, find the non-fluoride version of Tom's. So, so let's dive a little bit deeper in that where you talked about, so so you are not an advocate for tea and kombucha? No. To just expand on that a little bit. Tea is a source of fluoride. It's a bioaccumulator of fluoride. Fluoride can displace iodine in the thyroid. We're drinking more tea than we've ever drunk because there's this concept that green tea is so high in antioxidants and so forth. And that may be true, but the downside is we're taking in a heck of a lot more fluoride. And I can't help but think that the increase, the dramatic increase in hypothyroidism may be because of the fluoride displacing iodine, lowering thyroid output. So in my book, I give you the, the exact teas you should be drinking, what you do if you have high fluoride, and how to get rid of it in the environment. And that's in the radical book? Because we have to get radical, Chantel. That's right. I love it. We have to get radical to waste away. We have to have a plan to blast fat in just 21 days. So I mean business. I've been out there long enough to know what works. And I'm yes. tired of people going on programs that appear to be healthy in the short run, but are not healthy long term. This program is. That's awesome. All right. Last question. Kara in South Carolina. I'm in real estate like you, she's talking about me, and as you can understand, I'm always on my cell phone. I've been reading about EMF poisoning lately, and it's starting to freak me out. Am I better to talk to people on speakerphone or using headphones? She needs to do both. She needs to, number one, speak on speaker as much as she can and get something called Altura Cell Phone Protector. Altura, A-U-L-T-E-R-R-A. -R -R -A. She needs to have it on her cell phone, her iPad, pad and she can get a, a whole house plug from the altura.com people if she uses my name Anne louise no e i think she'll get a discount awesome well here's what we're gonna do this has been such a pleasure what a joy talking to you today and what i want to do i'm gonna buy a book and give it away to one lucky winner so we're gonna do a facebook post if you go onto our facebook page and this amazing book by Anne. Louise uh, Gittleman is going to be available. We're going to give it away to one lucky person. And I ha am going to buy it myself and read it this week. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. It's called Radical Metabolism. And uh, if you go to annlouise.com, you can get more information. And remember, if you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at chantelrayway.com. Well, Ann Louise, thank you so much for coming on our show. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. And if you would like daily accountability as well as a resource with lots of helpful tips about Chantel's intermittent fasting lifestyle, head on over to chantelrayway.com slash coaching. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.